Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, hi, good morning. <laughs> All right, I'm live. I actually was waiting for the little button to tell me that um, we were live, but it looks like we are live, amen? So good morning, good morning, good morning. It is um, 10 o'clock on a Thursday morning in Sydney, Australia. And it is 5 p.m. here in California where we are. So fantastic. Someone give me a thumbs up. Yes, yeah, someone, Nat Pingle just said hi to me. Amen. Every week, Instagram, technology um, tricks us. <laughs> so um, how are you girls? All right, so I love that you're already there, poised, ready to jump on and um, I also know that a bunch of our girls, um, our campus pastors and our leaders in all the, our various rooms around um, the nation, Indonesia, etc., have been having their crew meetings beforehand. So I pray that that has been fantastic and that you've had a wonderful time together. Amen. In Jesus' name. All right. Are you good? All right. I see all of my girlfriends here and I love that and it's um, encouraging. I'm actually excited about today. Um, I feel peaceful and I feel calm. Hallelujah. And uh, one more time, if I can just say to my girlfriends, it's a little bit warm here. So I'm in our little apartment, our little space here, and I've got, if you can hear a machine in the background, it's a air cooler stuck on the window. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. And I just happen to have found this in the cupboard. So praise God for our color fan. Not merely for women who are menopausal or post-menopausal menopausal um, but for all of us amen in Jesus name fantastic all right I'm gonna pray is that okay can we pray girls there's a good almost 700 of you um, clicked in already so father God we just thank you for this day for a brand new day father God and yet again always it never grows old to me father your mercies are new every morning and I believe father God that there is grace within today there is mercy there is wisdom there is hope within today, Father God. And so our hearts are expectant and we look to you and we commit ourselves to you. And I pray, dear Holy Spirit, as I chat and bring the word of God and then converse with a dear friend, a new friend, Father God, that your Holy Spirit will overshadow us in every single way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Nice to see you, Donna Crouch, Alita, Newcastle. Fantastic. And um, I'm told that our Californian girls and um, our USA girls who can, um, because of the time zones, are hooking in. So fantastic. Lucille, I heard that you emailed all the crew and said we were starting at 7 o'clock here, Californian time. And it's actually 5 p.m. <laughs> so any, anyway, love that. All right, Carrie Feely, nice to see you. Sheree Burns, adorable. My darling Cass Langton, I'm um, just waiting. I'm just chatting a little bit so that the girls can jump on here. And so, um, like I said, this is our sisterhood for our local girls in Australia and beyond always. Um, it includes our college students who um, are still in college online. And I just wanna actually just give a little shout out to any of our USA um, college students who 
uh, you would have graduated one year into Hillsong Conference here in the United States in Phoenix. And so I don't know if you saw, but Brian drove across to Phoenix uh, Monday. I don't know. Was it Monday? Anyway. Anyway, he went there and uh, was part of the graduation. And um, it is apparent that Phoenix um, can gather social distancing. And so he got to preach to the college students and their graduation, which was very fun. Um, and he got to preach before live people. And so he was making me laugh because, you know, he's been for weeks and weeks and weeks just focused down the barrel of a camera. And um, he was like, oh my goodness, I can actually walk. I can actually preach. And so that was actually kind of fun to watch. Anyway, congratulations to all of our um, graduating USA students. That's wonderful. And of course, there's always friends who click in. So congratulations, wonderful, amen. So if life was normal, still chatting here, um, we would have gathered in our various rooms, we would have had raised and toes, we would have had whatever fellowship we had, we would have come in and we would have worshiped together, amen. And there would have been smiles for days, smiles and smiles for days. And there's just something lovely about a smile. So you know what, feel free to put a little smiley face into those comments. But there is there's something disarming and beautiful Proverbs 31 says she smiles at the future. Amen. And that is not to be um, removed from the realities of life, but there's power in a smile. Even somewhere in, in the Message Bible, I think it's in the Psalm somewhere, or Proverbs, I'm not very good with uh, where references are, but I've said it to you many, many times. I read it a long time ago and it said, Give God your warmest smile. Look heavenward in the midst of whatever you might be facing, going through the drama. Look heavenward and give God your warmest smile. And I learned many, many years ago that when that happens, it kind of irritates the life out of the enemy because he's like, you're not supposed to be smiling. And we're not smiling with insensitivity. We're smiling because there is a God in heaven who loves us in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Amen. And then I'm carrying this little piece of paper because I just wanted to share one highlight from this week. And um, one highlight was that I got to see my grandchildren finally after a week, a week and a day. I know, we were here a week and a day and hadn't seen um, the grandkids, so we got to see them on um, Sunday afternoon. And um, haven't seen Zion yet, but we will, maybe tomorrow. And uh, they've grown so tall and they're lovely. And I sat with my Savannah, our Savannah, who is our eldest. She's heading towards 12, I think. Or is she already 12? I don't know, gosh, I'm home. What a Grammy fail. Um, no, she's heading towards 12. And I had a lovely conversation with her and asked her how she felt in the midst of some of these realities. And um, she was adorable and I love that. Amen. So there you go, in Jesus' name. All right. Are we happy people? Amen. Fantastic. All right. So today I'm going to have a conversation with a brilliant woman. And um, I had planned to have a conversation with two people, but wisdom... Um, prevailed last night and we thought you know what let's just keep it to one because we have this ability to chat on I do as well and I, I want to actually speak into your lives but today before I get to um, beautiful Fudzi who's Fudzi Fudzi she just told me it's Fudzi all right beautiful Fudzi who's going to share with us um, I I just want to remind us pastorally okay can I do this can I remind us to not forget joy all right Okay, if your name's Joy, I don't mean Joy, but don't forget Joy. I mean, don't forget our joy because our joy is the oasis in the desert. It is always the oasis in the wilderness and um, it defies the odds. It's not inherent. It's not happiness necessarily. It's not. It's 
a deeper well within. So let's not in these days forget our joy as we're still, many of us in, um, you know, COVID season, isolation, and of course, you know, facing what this world is facing right now. Let's not forget faith. Let's not forget our faith, hallelujah, because without faith in every situation of life, girls, it is impossible to please God. The scripture says that, and that's not a judgmental observation. That is reality. It's like in every situation, by the grace of God, we need to actually apply faith and stir faith in Jesus' name. Let's not forget patience. Patience in this season because patience is one of the fruit of the Spirit of God, and it's needful. Let's not forget confidence. Do not cast away your confidence, the word says, because, you know, if you do so, you're going to jeopardize reward. And there's confidence and there's boldness, confidence that God is who he is. And I just want to say that in context of not forgetting, okay, number one, if I may, that, you know, Father God, Father God is still at the helm of this world. He is still at the helm of this world. His Spirit, His Holy Spirit is poured out and is continuing to be poured out. Listen to me. Um, thy kingdom come has not lost its power nor its potency. Did you hear that? And then also, you know, the bride and the body of Christ on the earth, the collective body of the of the collective body of Christ on the earth, which is the church, capital C. You know, she's varied, she's diverse, she's at various stages of maturity and um, and life and leaning. Um, the body of Christ, the bride, is still being prepared. For that day that is approaching all right in jesus name and um you know hebrews says many times we've said this to us to ourselves and to one another you know hebrews says do not neglect to gather together as is the custom or, ha or habit of some and all the more as you see that day that day of his coming the day approaching do not neglect to gather together and that is why church Hallelujah. That is why us continue to gather despite an online reality, despite a COVID isolation season is so critical. And we're gathering from many spaces and places, but we're still gathering and that's actually crucial to this world, amen. Do you know what? Excuse me, sniffing, I'm sorry. so sorry. Um, I'll just do it out here. Hallelujah. All right, um, who can I see here? Oh, lovely. Praise the Lord, all right. Oh, someone from Jacksonville, Florida. That's so nice. I love that. Welcome. Beautiful. Um, so you know what? The Word of God will never lose its power nor potency. And I'm not going to draw back, um, even in the midst of a lot of conversations, from bringing the Word of God to you, because that's what we would do on a Thursday morning. And so I just felt drawn last night to Philippians chapter 4. Many of you all know and love it. And um, it's the apostle exhorting us. Hallelujah. And it's always in context of the church that they were being written to, but it is in context of the entire body of Christ. And so Philippians 4, um, literally in the, in the Passion here, the heading over the chapter is living in harmony with one another. Amen? Say that, living in harmony with one another. So let, allow me just to read the word of God to you. My dear and precious friends, whom I love deeply, arise in the fullness of your union with our Lord. Arise in the fullness of your union with our Lord. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Again, not to be dismissive of anyone's reality or pain or whatever the situation is, but the word says be cheerful in Christ. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. The apostle says let joy overflow 
for you are united with the anointed one. Can we always remember that? Let joy overflow because we are united with whom? Who are we united with? We are, an, we are united with the living God. Amen. If Christ is in you, if he's Lord and Savior of your life, and it doesn't matter where you are in that journey, you are united with the anointed one of heaven, Jesus Christ himself. So that is actually very powerful. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. And don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. There's a challenge for us. Offering what? Your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. There we go. Hallelujah. God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through who? Through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is, listen to it girls, authentic and real and honorable and admirable and beautiful and respectful and pure and holy and merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Follow the Apostle says, follow the example of all that we have imparted to you. And the God of peace will be with you in all things. Amen? In Jesus' name. So if you're thinking, i got nothing to do today. I'm a little bit bored. No, you haven't. Because we're going to fix our thoughts on all that is authentic, real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind. Maybe that means sitting down. All right. This is Philippians 4 again in the Passion. If you want, go through. Maybe just write a list and go all the things that are authentic in my life, all the things that are real, all the things that I believe are honorable. And then do it with a transparent heart. Amen. I heard Lee Burns. I heard Lee Burns um, say at Mega Prayer Meeting the other day, uh, the global one. He quoted Smith Wigglesworth. Okay, Wigglesworth. All right, so I, when I got saved at 15 in New Zealand, naive to so many things in the kingdom of God, people used to speak of Smith Wigglesworth back then. And apparently he said, pray with your head in the heavens and your feet on the earth. Pray with your head in the heavens and your feet on the earth. And I think I grew up in the early days of my Christianity, mindful of that, that we are going to be a heavenly minded people, but with our feet on the ground. Amen. Okay, we're not packing our bags, just waiting for the rapture. We are here to occupy. And you know, Luke 19, if I may say, um, verse 13 in the King James Version, the other versions don't put it in exactly this same language. But in the King James Version, Jesus said, occupy till I come. Again, I've always remembered that. Occupy till I come. And again, as followers of Christ, all right? All right, followers of Christ, how do we occupy? To occupy is to fill the space, to fill the atmosphere, to fill the void. We occupy with faith again. We occupy with praise because praise makes a way in Jesus' name. We occupy with worship, with actual worship. Hallelujah. We occupy with humility of heart by the grace of God. We occupy by wrestling, wrestling between that which is right and wrong, good and evil. It's always been our wrestle. And if you recall, my darlings, if I may, someone's asking what verse that was. It was Luke 19, verse 13. Hallelujah. Um, if you recall, was it two years ago? Color. The language was be found in the new. Be found in the new. 
And I was like, what would that new be? Well, you know what? The planet has is walking into something new. And within that opening message, if you remotely recall, it's good to remember, hey, called a remembrance. I spoke about the wrestle. If we're going to enter the new, we've got to wrestle with certain things. We've got to wrestle with our past. We've got to wrestle with the things in our lives. So we're going to be found in that wrestle by the grace of God. Jacob wrestled with the angel. And what happened in the end? The angel looked him in the eye. It was this, actually the spirit. It was the spirit of God wrestling with him and said, Hey, hey, who am I? Look at me. Who am I? In other words, Jacob had a revelation actually of who I am in your life. And more than that, get a revelation of who you are in me. And I think that's a powerful truth. Hey, I am so preaching this morning. I hope this is okay. And then, of course, we occupy with everything by the grace of God that is Christ-like and Christ-centered. Christ-like and Christ-centered community. And I will often say when I'm talking, I try. When I'm talking about the things of God, I always distinguish it by saying that which is Christ-centered. It's actually within our mission statement. Amen. Oh gosh, could I actually do our mission statement? To reach and influence the world by building a large Bible-paced, Christ-centered church. Hallelujah. Changing mindsets and empowering people in every sphere of life. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I got that right. Anyway, you can correct me. So you know what? I'm just, I'm just teaching here. I'm being pastoral here, okay? But I want to get on to um, chatting. But if I just may say so yet one more time in this space, all right, for clarity, for... Uh, perspective. Um, these have been an, a historic few weeks and I believe that when it comes to you know um, the racial tension and issues and reality upon this world, the world has had a global jolt. It's been like an earthquake and because it's been a global felt reality, not isolated here or there or whatever, I said this last week, um, I believe, I believe with many others that change um, is in the air on this note in a really big way. It is in the air and we need to have courage and confidence in the living God. And I think heaven is weary. Heaven is weary. The cries of his people ascend. And sometimes I don't understand time frames. Scripture speaks of within with the passage of time. I okay, listen to me. Yeah. Um, but I I truly, truly believe that um that change is in the air. And I don't know if this is, is a little unfair to say but when there are outcries and when there are injustices and when there are situations, whether it's a tsunami or whether it's a you know, refugee, um, major re refugee issue happening somewhere in the world, which is still happening, um, you know, there's a bit of a saying that when, um, I hate, I don't even want to say this because it sounds a little bit whatever, but sometimes I've heard some people, <laughs> I've heard people say that when the media when the media leaves um, the scene, the church remains. And I've heard people who, um, whose expertise is in the field of humanitarian um, response, okay? And I've heard them actually say that. So let's pray that doesn't happen in Jesus' name. We all wanna be present. And I was speaking to Catherine Thambaratnam and I, I asked her, refresh me again on how many nations there are in the world because the stats change. There are literally, there are close to, close to 200 nations on the earth. Listen to me, each with centuries of history, each with foundations that have been birthed or shaped by culture, religion or man, and that can always prove problematic. And um, the man, 
side of it, not, not, not necessarily culture or Christ-centered religion, if you hear what I'm saying, but religion that is foreign or contrary to the heart of God and then man-made realities. And, you know, many of those foundations, uh, many aspects are godly and many are not godly. And I think that is something that we are contending with. And so there are many, many uh, layers of response, I believe. Many layers of response, as, as is there are many layers to the glory of God. You know, the glory of God is actually defined in what I echo with you all the time, girls. The many tints and hues and colorful expressions of God's goodness entering the human arena. And so as much as that is multi-layered, so also are our responses. But when I try to look super objectively, I see three responses right now in society. I see the response of the human heart. I see the response of the collective body of Christ, and I see the response of you know governments and lawmakers and um, uh, people who I've heard I've heard this in recent days who really um, have been commissioned to be the guardians of society. And so the human heart. If we look at the human heart for one second, I'm going to get to you, Fuzzy. Hallelujah. The human heart is inherent. The response of the human heart is inherent on the human heart and the individual human heart and my prayer is that hearts may always be soft that hearts will soften that hearts will be transparent and that we will take a stance of search me oh god and know my heart and see if there is any way that is displeasing to you all right that needs adjustment or needs light hallelujah we see the collective second we see the collective response of the body of christ and now that is huge on the earth there are millions of churches on the earth and again, that's the, res the, collective, uh, the response of the collective body of Christ. That's going to be inherent on individual churches, individual vineyards, amen, dotted and scattered across the earth. And again, I pray that our hearts will be soft. I pray that there'll be a softness and a transparency in every vineyard that is on this earth. And that's hard to legislate. But that is something that we can encourage and pray for and champion and um, seek to be a part of, right? Amen. Oh my God, I am full on just going here. But, um, and again, Hillsong, by the grace of God, you know, we would be entering into our Heart for the House season and then our lead into Hillsong Conference. And it would be the 35 year mark, I think. And, um, you know, interestingly called Breathe Again, by the way, that was 12 months ago, but um, what was I going to say? You know, what has been our mandate but to champion, by the grace of God, to champion um, the cause of local church on the earth, to champion that and to see it grow in stature and for us to see the bride grow. And so, um, you know, I'm, I wrote down some verses here on that because but I don't know if I'll share them now. But I'm, when, I, when I wrote that, I, I immediately thought of Ezekiel 34. And uh, I pull it out every now and then. But it is, a, um, it is a warning to leaders. It is a warning to church builders. Um, you know, and it says, woe. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel. Maybe, you know, maybe you can actually go there. It's Ezekiel 34, and it's pretty powerful in the, in the Amplified. But, um, you know, it is, it is a... It is a directive and it is a warning and it was speaking to the times and it was speaking to a deficit within what God saw as his people and his body on the earth at that time. But, you know, it's like, woe to you, to you spiritual shepherds of, of Israel because you have not fed the flock. 
You have taken care of your own, but you have not taken care of that which is diseased or weakened, hurt, crippled, it says on the Amplified, that which has gone astray, the lost, you've not taken, you've not taken account of any of this, but rather with force and hard-hearted harshness, you have ruled over them. And basically, here we see the heart of God literally saying, hey, that is not going to fly. That is not going to fly. And I'm going to require these sheep who are scattered because of that, these souls that are scattered. So um, it's powerful. And... Um, yeah, actually, I'm not going to go there because I'm taking too much time. And and so, you know, I, I listened to Dr. Anita Phillips again this morning, um, speaking with um, New York. And um, and she, she said something profound. And again, it was in context of her conversation there. But she said, you know what? You haven't really suffered until you've suffered for something that you didn't do. You haven't really suffered until you've suffered for something you didn't do. That will mess with some people's heads, but it's true. And in Christ, Jesus, he welcomes us into his redemption, into his resurrection. But actually, he also welcomes us into his suffering. And when we come near to the heart of God, by the grace of God, we're going to feel his heartbeat. Amen. And I think his heartbeat is here. And so it's very powerful. And then the third thing, you know, the third response is obviously society and lawmakers, as I said. And again, that is inherent on individual nations. And that's where, you know, for Brian and I, um, you know, we, we sit with a global footprint. You know, I'm speaking to our, primarily our Australian girls, but people are gonna look in from other spaces and other nations. And, um, you know, we need to be praying for our individual nations, take responsibility for the greater vineyard nation that you're a part of, and really be praying. Be praying for them, hey? Yeah, do what you need to do, but be praying in Jesus' name for godly wisdom and godly courage and godly rightness, righteousness to prevail. And so, yeah, Brian, um, Brian, by the grace of God, um, he's just, he's down getting ready for weekend services now, so be praying for him. Um, he's just driven back, literally, come back from, um, from Phoenix. But, um, you know, he has sought to make it clear where we stand as a church and where we want to stand. And again, if there is any strength um, that we can lean into in becoming better, or if there is any strength that we can offer and bring to the table, then we're actually open for that, amen? So let me just recommend um, two conversations um, with um, Dr. Anita Phillips, and many of you have viewed some of these, uh, with Christine Kane, and she said that was like, um, she's a professor, she said that is like a lecture one. And then she had another conversation with um, our New York, um, uh, with Carl and our New York church on Sunday. She said, this is like lecture two. So those are very, very insightful. All right. Praise the Lord. Everyone say praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to dial up um, Fuzzy. So I'm going to ask you, sweetheart, to request me. Whew. Praise the Lord. Amen. <sighs> Amen. All right, I've got to go into people. Okay, we had one week off doing this. So, all right. Not seeing her. Um, she's going to request and then I'm going to see her. Beautiful. All right, take a deep breath, everyone. All right, pushing the button. 
there she is. No, is that her? Oh, that's like fuzzy with 11 others. What do I do if I... Oh, help me, Jesus. All right. Uh, let me just try one more time, people. <sighs> this is not time to go and get a coffee. This is time to pray for Pastor Bob. All right. I'm pushing the button. It's not you, baby girl. It's me. Why won't my... Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Where is she? I can't see. It, it won't go. Okay, what do I do, people? Oh. All right. <laughs> okay, this is just what happens. It's called technology. Hmm. Maybe my hands are sweaty. <sighs> okay. Everyone blow. Oh. I can't see you. Where is she? Go live with, okay, hang on. Here she is. Okay. We're just waiting for her now. Oh my gosh, praise the Lord. She's coming, it's saying it's connecting. It's a lot. There we go. There you are. Yes. How are you? Oh my gosh! I doled up for you. Yes, you did. You did. Some. It's something <laughs> about my thumbs when they're trying to push the little faces down there, and it just gets like crazy. Okay, listen, I, sweetheart, I am fanning furiously, and you have got a beautiful beret on, so it must be cold. Yeah, it, we woke up and it's raining here in Perth, and when I woke up, I was freezing. So I've got my little jumper and my beret on. Okay. Well, you look magnificent. It suits you. Thank you. You actually, How are you? I'm good. I am good. We have been chatting on text for days. Yes. And so it's actually lovely. And even in the middle of the night when everyone was asleep, I think we were still chatting. Hallelujah. Yes. So um, we were. Did, did I just mention before, Fazi, did I mention um, that we're only going to have one conversation today? No, yes. I didn't. Did I? Or did I? You did, at the beginning. <laughs> okay, just FYI, everyone, I was going to um, hook in with one of our beautiful campus pastors, Rose, but we just decided time-wise that that wasn't the wisest thing to do. So anyway, praise the Lord. It's so lovely to see your face. And um, so just let me just give a little bit of background, and then I'm going to set you loose, sweetheart, and, like, we've got all the time in the world. But um, for those of you who don't, if I can just take the same format that I have recently, um, so um, Fuzzy is part of our Hillsong um, Perth family room and uh, family. You're all together lovely, sweetheart. And it was so fabulous actually speaking with you, um, although it was brief and um, somewhat measured, but you were so magnificent on Sunday when we uh, had that conversation. And I, I think many people would understand how uh, complex trying to navigate two continents and two studios and weave it all together in a minimum amount of time. And I just want to thank you mm. for being so beautiful. And I actually know, um, sweetheart, that there were a number of girls who were like, I want to hear more from you, from you. And so I love that. You have two amazing sons who are your pride and joy. Let me get it correct because I'm so good with pronunciation. 
And so there is Mafaru, Mafaro. Is that how yes. I say it? You say it. Yes. Yes, Mafaro. You said Perfect. it right. Perfect. 22 years of age. And then um, Monashi, yes? Yes, that's you correct. Talk, 18 years of age. I'll let you talk about them in a moment. And like I just was, um, I need to say this to the girls. I feel like you, by the grace of God, I feel like you're my newfound friend. And, um, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> and I had to laugh. I I'll just tell the girls, get, give some background so it feels like sisterhood here. Um, I text you on the weekend. I text everyone actually who was on that, that panel, but I wanted to text you and say thank you. And what did you text? Do you remember what you text back to me? Yes, I said you that. made me fall out of my bed. <laughs> You weren't expecting that. And then here's the deal. No. Here is the deal. I think you are realizing that I can out-text anyone, right? Yes, I am. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can always tell me just to be quiet. Um, and no, then, I love it. I feel like I overcompensate. I feel like I want to, for the sake of not being misunderstood, I over-explain things. But that's just because there's a lot going on in our world and we need to get it right. But um, yeah. here's for, for others who are watching and from overseas or perhaps didn't see our online conversation on the weekend, um, your field, let me get it right. You um, are in the field of global diversity and you are an inclusion strategist. And, you know, um, you'll probably not give voice to this, but you have actually um, earned and won reward in that area of social justice advocacy and so that's actually amazing so baby girl is it okay i just i call everyone baby girl um that's all right beautiful um so again i'm just grateful we're grateful and like i said before sunday evening was actually so helpful it was so insightful and so pastoral so sweetheart just tell us about your boys your family your life tell us about your boys tell us some of your story hallelujah because um you have you were born in zimbabwe correct Yes. Um, amen. And you have lived in Africa. You have lived in the United Kingdom. You have lived in America. And you're currently living in Australia. And so just share a little bit of your story and um, how you came to be involved. I'm setting you up just to take over my love. And, you know, feel free, babe, feel free to recap on anything you may have said or want to say from last week. Amen. Yeah. Okay. You, Thank you. Morning, um, girls. It's so great to be here. Um, so as you heard, um, I'm Fadzi and I'm based in Perth. Um, I was born in Zimbabwe, but my parents moved to the United States when I was quite little. My dad uh, finished high school there. And so we wow. um, moved to Massachusetts and um, I did primary schooling in Massachusetts. And then um, we moved back to Zimbabwe uh, for high school. So I did high school right. there. Um, and then when I got married, I moved to Botswana. My ex-husband is in the mining um, sector. So we lived in Botswana um, for eight years. And that's where I had my youngest son, Monashe. Um, and then we moved to Perth, uh, Singleton, New South Wales, um, in 2006. And so uh, the boys <laughs> were five and eight at that time. And then wow. my ex-husband got transferred to Perth in 2010. So we've been here since then. So I'm an African... Australian or Afro Aussie. Um, but my boys are, are literally my pride and joy. So um, after the divorce, I think for me, it was really important that um, my boys, um, you know, don't become dysfunctional because I heard all the stats about, you know, uh, particularly black boys coming from broken homes. And that wow. was never my heart. 
my heart was for them to be strong. And um, as somebody who got saved when I was quite young myself, I really wanted them to develop a relationship with, with God. I would never have um, imagined that they would pursue a Bible college, both of them. So wow. Mufaro is in his third year, his final year at, at Hills College. And Munasha started uh, first year college um, in the city. So I am an empty nester. Yes. Um, okay. And I guess... I guess the, the history of all the places I've lived. So after Botswana, um, you know, I spent two years in the UK. I think going to those different places gave me an understanding of, of culture. I was always drawn to, I suppose, underrepresented groups. Um, and I guess that was my social justice advocacy coming out. Yeah. But I think it was, it was probably birthed with, a, with just being a Christian, because I think we have the perfect blueprint to be compassionate and to show the world the love of God. And so for me, it's not like um, I, I went out of a field or, you know, pursued an, a, a sector. I feel like wow. I already had that in me because of, of God's love. And I think what I was trying to explain on Sunday with this whole, um, you know, race and, and racism and, and exactly what we're seeing, it's important for us to understand, you know, the structural, um, I, I guess, how race came to be. If we don't have an understanding of, of that definition, it becomes hard for us to, first of all, deal with the issues that we see at hand. And so, you know, a lot of people confuse um, the issue of race um, and racism without understanding the difference. And so, you know, without going into too much detail, yeah. race, if we just, if we think about race purely as um, how we define skin color of t people of different races with an attachment to skin color and racism, an enactment of racial prejudice against certain people, uh, we can see the difference. I think in Australia, particularly, I think globally, we haven't really developed language to talk about race or racism and so it is often hard so you know in my field where i work in uh, diversity and inclusion we have all these programs for different um like for for example gender equality we have programs to increase people with disability in the workplace um, whether it's lgbti all of these groups but we don't really have anything that addresses race or racism or how certain groups of people, black or brown people, experience that. And so because of that, you know, in society, it also becomes difficult for us to have conversation. And so unfortunately, what we're seeing now is, you know, the, the world is crying and the world is hurt. And so now we're trying to sort of like develop this language, have a, a greater understanding. Um, and, and I think that we have a role to play as well as the church, you know, in terms of, you yeah. know, just being there for people. Very, very much. That is actually amazing. Um, so like, why don't you, you, did, you almost, well, you did echo it, but echo a little bit more of what you actually said okay. on Sunday, because I think that's actually helpful for people. It's like you need to hear it more than once to like, yep. process. I think, yeah. So if we, if we can't talk about racism without looking at uh, the fact that race itself is what we call a social or political um, construct. And so if we think back to just modern history, if we look at political structures, 
Um, we look at the history of the United States, for example, uh, from the Declaration of Independence, and we see that there's traces of division in terms of how uh, races were defined. And so, for, for example, if we think about um, how when, when, when uh, white Americans came in, there was a distinction between white Americans and Native Americans. Yeah. And so we see this distinction and the division purely based on, on skin color. And um, the same is true yeah. for colonization in terms of all the British colonies, what is the Commonwealth? Um, when they went into those countries, there was a division between the indigenous people of those lands yeah. and purely the division was also based on, on race in terms of skin color, uh, white being good, black and brown being bad. And then we see that in apartheid, you know, which is yes. Afrikaans for partners, where there's a separation between white South Africans, black and brown South Africans. Yeah. And then, of course, in Australia, the white Australia policy. So all of these uh, political, I suppose, what, what became political structures were based on the division of race, white being good, yeah. black and brown being bad. And, and because of those, that political structure, it becomes a social norm, it becomes a social structure. And so we can't then talk about racism today without actually looking at the origin of where that came from. So yeah. we've got these political structures that have become systems, and that's why we talk about systemic racism, um, institutional racism, um, because that is exactly what we're dealing with. And so I think um, for us as, as Christians, understanding that is, is quite important because we, we then realize that the problem we're dealing with is a marathon and it's, 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 it's not a sprint. We're not going to be able yeah. to, you know, to, we're not going to be able to deal with it overnight. It's, it's things that have been ingrained and are part of our society. And so I think that's the understanding. But, yeah. you know, as I run workshops and I talk about race, you know, the number one thing I always tell people is you've got to have your goal in mind. And for me, my goal is to reach racial reconciliation, um, to pursue justice, and, and to pursue mercy. So if that's your goal, um, and you keep it at the forefront, we know through the life of Christ that, you know, even in his ministry, we, we did get final reconciliation and redemption yeah. through his death, but yeah. he had to go through a death. And so there's always pain, there's always tragedy, there's, you know, all the beautiful things, even if we want to be, um, look at how jewels or how a pearl is formed as well. There has to be an irritant. There has to be some form of, of struggle, yeah. uh, a challenge until something beautiful comes. And we see this so beautifully in the life of Christ. And it is unfortunate, but I think that um, as Christians, there is hope for us in the sense that we, you know, we've got a savior who's been through this before. And we, when we have an understanding of how, um, you know, systemic racism came to be and, and, Underneath all of that, we can't forget the fact that we are living in a fallen world. And so a lot of these systems and institutions are a result of that. And, yeah. and we know we have an enemy and it will manifest in so many different ways. And so I think that should always be at the forefront. But at the same time, um, knowing that, knowing that these are, there's a political and social structure should not exempt us from taking action and from, for, for, for being proactive. Because, you know, like I said on Sunday, 
the church has been, you know, for, for a lot of black and brown people, because a lot of these things were done in the name of God, you know, yeah. if we think about the Declaration of Independence is based on God yeah. created all men to be equal. And yet the principal, one of the principal authors, Thomas Jefferson, had 600 slaves and then wrote a book that was very damning to black and brown people. And so, but all of this was done in the name of God. Colonization, you know, I grew up um, with my parents and grandparents and they they can't actually um, differentiate between colonization and the missionaries. It's one and the same. It's like, well, they brought the Bible, they brought Christianity, yeah. but at the same time, you know, the the process in which that happened, um, there was a lot of pain inflicted to the indigenous people. So I think there's, there's uh, for us, the trauma that we experience. Um, so when people say, then why is what's happening in the U.S. for you painful? Well, it's not just the fact that my parents and my brothers are there. For me, it, uh, it, it's traumatizing because that is representation. Anytime I see uh, a black or brown person experiencing any form of discrimination, it is traumatic for me because that's, I see myself in them. And in the workplace, we talk about you know, it's important for young girls to have representation. So, you know, um, all of these uh, gender norms that we're trying to sort of like, um, you know, tear down so that women can see themselves as pilots or as astronauts or working in male-dominated yeah. fields. And we talk about the power of representation. Um, so that also applies to black or brown people. We want to see people who look like us in positions yeah. of power. We want to see people who look like us in church because church is not only a sanctuary, but it's a place of healing. But we also want to know that we are, we are welcomed and not, not just um, at a superficial level. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the responsibility of, of what we have to do. So there's difficult conversations that need to be had for sure. But as somebody who works in the space, what I can tell people is we actually have never had them. We haven't had, um, conversations like what I'm seeing now. And so I know that the way it's come about. So, you know, when people talk to me and I mean, I've had a lot of people, I've been doing all these workshops um, throughout the last three weeks and people are focusing on the negative aspects. So what, what about the looting? What about, you know, all of this? What do you say to that? And, and, and again, I point back to um, let's focus on the root, not the symptom. You know, yeah. if we focus on the root, we have to figure out why have, has society come to a place where this is happening. And, and, and for us, I, I believe we've got a big role to play as Christians because we know about root causes. We've got the blueprint. Jesus has given us the blueprint. We've got God and we need to attack the root and not the symptoms. Um, and so, you know, we have created this society. Like I said, it's a social and political construct, meaning uh, man created it. You know, um, yeah. we did that. You know, um, and, and because we did that, our foundation of how we're living today needs to be attacked. And so what we're seeing with uh, the protests and all, hopefully we'll start the conversations. And I want to actually thank you because you've started having these conversations. We started on Sunday throughout. And I know that there'll be many more conversations. It's not something that we can finish in sisterhood or even on a Sunday night service. I think it's an ongoing uh, conversation. But nonetheless, you've started that. And I want to thank you because you know, these, this has just brought healing to so many people. Just even knowing that we're having, we're bold enough to have these conversations is really important as well. So I want to thank you for that.
thank you, sweet, uh, amazing, thank you. But um, everything you said, there's so many layers in there. And, you know, I, I feel like just to echo what you were saying about, you know, things being political and social and the foundations, that's, that's in some ways what I was trying to say at the front end, there are foundations that have been laid that are so wrong. And so yeah. they, they carry such deficit and they're, they're so contrary. And it's like, you know, I'm reminded, um, Fuzzy, of like um, some of the parables where Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like this or that. And, he, and one he tells where, you know, a farmer went out to sow seed and he sowed good seed. And then the enemy came along and sowed bad seed. And the workers said, shall we rip up the whole harvest? And what did the Lord say? Or what in the parable, the lesson is, no, let them grow together till harvest. And when harvest comes, we'll sort them out. And I think that's what you're saying. I mean, I am by no means trained or expertise like you are, darling girl. But, um, you know, you see you see the, the landscape of the body of Christ, all right, the church. And I, I've always... I always feel like I want to say to our leaders, when you talk about the church, you need to define the church that you're talking about, you know, because she's diverse. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so I feel that, um, oh, actually, I forgot what I was going to say. I just feel that to, to go back, nothing is repaired in our lives until we get the foundations correct. And that's true of anything. And you've actually articulated that so beautifully. You're actually a great preacher of the word of God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but um, it, is, it is so true. And, you know, we see the complexity. We see the news going crazy over here. And I'm not lying. I do live with oh. the, all the news um, channels on. Um, and I even do at home. And sometimes it is just too much. You've got to stop. But um, you see so much good being hijacked by extremists. And I'm not, I'm, I'm saying there's this, there's this, this outcry and needful and there's so many peaceful protests and so many people lifting their hands that then you see, um, I guess, the crazy coming into it to compromise it. And so every one of us has to have wisdom, amen, have wisdom to, to actually um, allow the Spirit of God to actually um, give us insight and wisdom. And I think, we're, I think that's what I'm trying to say is like, um, you said, you know, in Australia that certain language is missing, certain narrative and um, conversation is missing. Immediately the people who have advocated and who are so passionate about this would go, oh, my gosh, but where, where have you been not listening? But it is true to agree. And I think just having giving people permission, you gave people permission yep. just now to inquire and to learn and to grow and you know, um, in some ways, that's why I wanted to actually chat with Rose um, because she, you know, um, made a comment on one of my Instagrams and when I was talking about why don't you, if you're not in the habit of watching documentaries and learning, um, you know what, your eyes aren't opened. And she just came back to me. She said, I'm, yeah. I'm choosing to teach my children well. She has three, um, you know, yeah. they're not necessary teenagers yet they might be the boys might be but like she said i want to teach them well and i think that's what people have to have um, um permission to ask questions yeah. and to inquire amen yes. and i think you've given such yeah. a beautiful expression to that um yeah. you're probably going to go for a few more minutes but um you know yeah. I, I would have asked this of you anyway doll I, I really would have and i'm but you know like um i, I feel that I feel like you in um, the space that you fill in your profession and your calling and your field, you know, you've raised, you've, you've risen up 
you said the last few weeks you've been doing workshops and it's like come it's come full on um but you know people listening in and your sisterhood would be going but you know how about you how about your heart and how are you um faring in the midst of all this and and um again i think you've given expression but do you see hope in the world do you see it like your heart and do you see hope do you see it being not a short-lived um jolt but rather something that's going to endure. I think, I think it goes back to what you said before, uh, Pastor Bobby, um, about choosing joy. And yeah. I think if we think about any decision we make, sometimes you have to consciously make a choice to, to choose joy and to choose hope. And so yeah. it's almost like, you know, when you get married and you make your vows, you promise yeah. each other, um, you know, in sickness and health till death do us mm -hmm. part. You promise each other those things before they've actually happened you know and so it, it's the hope that you have to say that regardless of what happens we are going to stay together and nothing is going to keep us apart and so as a christian i choose to see the hope because i see my mandate as a bridge builder um you know this work is very tiring and it's exhausting yeah. um but i am trained to do this work you know, yeah. it's different. And, and this is one thing I want everyone to know. Um, for black and brown friends, just being black and brown doesn't mean that they have the expertise to facilitate and have these deep conversations. So I think that you need to be mindful of that because it's, it's traumatic. I have gone on to do training. So this isn't just about as a black woman, I am wanting to tell a story. It is about facilitating those conversations because I have been in training where I have been told when you first walked in, we thought stupid black woman, what can you teach us? Because we've never ever had a black woman articulate all the times we've experienced black women is through them cleaning and stuff. I have been through that. And you know, the triggers are there, but I know how to handle it. I do see hope because first of all, I am seeing the church having conversations about race and racism. I haven't seen that, not in the global scale that I'm seeing, I'm seeing that. Um, but what I do want to say is that for those in Australia as well, I know this is a global platform, is that you know while we're uh, hashtagging Black Lives Matter and all of that, just remember about you know the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander yeah. people. Um, think about the people that are in your world. Um, black lives definitely matter. Um, but what about the black and brown people closest to you? Make them matter so that your hashtag also has meaning. Um, and if, for those who always ask me, what can I do? Um, I have three things that I want to leave you. A, B, C, which is very, very simple. Okay, a I'm gonna take notes. Attitude. <laughs> attitude, okay. Attitude for A. So what I want you to do this week, um, throughout the weeks that come, is check your attitude, your belief, and your thinking regarding, you know, um, whatever bias you might have. How have you previously engaged with black or brown people? What is your thinking? What is your attitude about? Mm -hmm. um, and then think about what is it that I can change about my attitude in the coming weeks while this conversation is going on? B is your behavior. So that is your actions now. So what is it that you're doing? How are you standing up, you know, in this, in this time? Um, what are you, what, are, what haven't you been doing and what can you do? And C is compassion. We all need empathy and listening ear. So my, my thing to everyone is, 
as much as we want to know and we need to create a, a platform for us to know, um, it's interesting for me that when we are sick, we go to Dr. Google and Dr. Google tells us all sorts of things. I don't know how many times I was planning my funeral because of Dr. Google, um, because of things that were happening. So we know when to go to Google to get information. But in this period, rather than asking um, the minority or the black and brown people to educate you, um, go to Dr. Google. Dr. Google can give you some um, you know, talk, at least share the experiences so that when you come to us, we're not burdened by having to relive the trauma. Um, so that's empathy and listening is the C. So attitude, behavior, and compassion. Um, and I think if you do that and you learn to acknowledge and affirm and, and you know, allow people to create the space for healing, that's what we need to do right now. Beautiful. Create the space for healing. Beautiful. I heard Dr. Anita um, uh, Phillips say, we need to find our place in the cure. And she said the body yeah. of Christ is, it, I, was the terminology, um, it's like an auto, it's become, it's, this is like an autoimmune disease. And is that correct? I, I may have that wrong. But, um, but basically, we need to become part of the cure and um, humble ourselves wherever we need to be and, and become part of that cure for the body of Christ. And, you know, I see, I feel like, you know, I, uh, yeah, I might keep there, but I, I, I believe that this is part of the body of Christ coming back into his strength. You know, many years ago, uh, Fuzzy, I don't know if you ever heard me preach this. It was a, long, a while back at, at Hillsong Conference. And I stumbled across these, um, these visions from a sister many, a couple of centuries ago. And it was like prophetic. It was talking about the body of Christ and what she saw was the body of Christ on the earth. And there was part of that body that was gangrened. It had gangrene in it, and it was so infected. And then there was, she said, literally that, that on the body there were hands and feet, but there were no fingers and there were no toes. And I remember reading this, and, it, you know, you had to be able to absorb this. But um, I thought, you know what, this is where the, the, the church is. This was a few years back, and I went, it's like she has her hands and feet, but she doesn't, you know, without fingers of the fine touch of healing is um is restricted and you know the body of christ to stand in her stance and to stand in her stature with her voice and with her um, heart and with her ears open but you know you can't stand without toes because you lose your balance and so the church uh. was like this prophetic word that it's like the body of christ if we can go into that beautiful picture she's finding her touch again and she's finding her balance and she's finding her voice and she's finding her heart but you know this is another part in this healing of this body the body of christ right amen that consists of humanity and a lot more humanity amen. that i believe are going to be actually swept into the kingdom of god you know we're about to see a great influx of people questioning and seeking the living god and that's why we have to get this right so right for that for that for god to have his heart in that regard and so i love it you've you've been amazing and i actually think you've spoken Thank to you. all of our hearts you've spoken to i believe what would be people whose hearts have been um quickened and um challenged and i think you've spoken advice to people who are feeling um raw and fragile and of course you know our pastoral heart wants to go to that there's 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 two realities here and so i'm actually so grateful for you and I'm so grateful Thank for your you. voice. And I'm so grateful for the years of labor that you have given 
to what is the calling of God upon your life. I heard again, um, you know, I referenced her a few times, Dr. Anita, say that she didn't arrive at this, um, you know, wisdom, this beautifully articulated and succinct wisdom and, um, you know, whatever overnight it took years and years and years and i think that's the beauty of the kingdom of god that's the beauty of a healthy body is that we're all there contributing and bringing our parts and bringing our wisdom and bringing our strength and i know you know um you know as a church we're not perfect but you know wherever we have been able to give strength we've chosen to give strength we've always lived open-handed and wanted that and i believe the lord is stretching us as a church yet again and jesus now i'm going to get you to pray for us in a moment um if you would amen but um i just want to stay with me but i just want to speak to our to our girls and to our hillsong girls at home and um just remind you um that we're in this together we're in life together amen and um you know this is a crucial season in the life of our church we are heading into harper house and you know it may seem strange and odd and um you know (laughs) different because we're in an online um setting and community but you know if we if we as a body of christ okay what we have been commissioned to do hillsong church and especially in australia um, if we fail to understand the mandate before us, we're going to actually cut off a lot of um, solution and um, provision for the body of Christ. So let's really take this seriously. Amen. Let's pray that God will have his divine way in this season um, and that to God be the glory. Amen. And so Amen. another, you've mm. given us homework. Fuzzy, you've given us attitude, behavior, compassion. You've given us an ABC, and we're going to continue to grow. And I don't know where the conversations will go. Hillsong Girls, I just like, I actually spoke to my um, key team, and I said, you know, the last couple of weeks, I was like, I need to actually throw it wider. Um, I don't want to bore you all to death. Um, and now we've always shared the platform, and I said, um, even next week, and they're like, no, Bob, you need to be present. And so we're going to stay in this format for a little bit and continue in Jesus' name. And so um, it's good. Make a prayer meeting tonight, 7 p.m. I will be, by the grace of God, on that chat line. Or maybe I won't because it'll be really late. It'll be like 2 a.m., so maybe I won't. But... um. Fantastic. Anything else you want to say, sweetheart? Anything else that you want to say? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite verses, if I can read that quickly. And um, I just love it um, because it just articulates exactly how I feel. And it's actually Romans um, 8 uh, from verse uh, 18. And I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, in hope against hope. Abraham believed that he would become a father of many nations as he had been promised by God. So shall your descendants be without becoming weak in faith. He considered his own body now as good as dead for producing children since he was about a hundred years old. And the part that I absolutely love is the fact that he did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and empowered by faith. And so I just think that, you know, we need to always retain that hope. Even when it seems impossible, um, God can come through. So these conversations are very difficult. They're very painful, but they're very necessary. But let's keep our eyes on the prize. And that is um, racial healing, restoration and reconciliation. 
Amen. In Jesus' name. All right, girls, I'm going to ask you okay. to pray for Fuzzy. Okay, pray for strength, that she's going to be strengthened in the season. Father, I ask that in Jesus' name. Overshadow her. Bless her, Father God. Just bless her with your presence, even more so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, I just thank you for the girls. I thank you for all of those who have lent in today from far and wide. And we just continue to humble our hearts before you and to acknowledge your kindness and your lordship and your goodness in our lives. And Father God, we pray that um, by the grace of God, we shall continue to be present for one another everywhere, that we'll be present and that your spirit will reside and overshadow everything that we do. So we commit ourselves to you. We commit church life to you. We commit the families and the homes and households that we do life with. I pray for Fuzzy's boys that you'll bless them in college. They're probably watching on now. I hope so. So bless them, Father God. And um, once again, Lord, we thank you for your kindness and your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, darling girl. Thank Love you. you. Love you. And thank Love you, girls. you. Thank you. And it's, I'm 6.04, but that's actually all right. We, why not? It's actually... 11.04. I don't do the math. <laughs> All right. Be safe. Be strong. Everyone. Love you. Love you. Bye, girls. Love you. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.